was a Quite the Thing media production. Hello everyone and a warm welcome back to What a Maneuver, your favourite wrestling podcast. Um, I am Kev, normally Sai would join us but he has decided to, to watch some Champions League football nonsense tonight so as uh, the two main men with you, the the Triple H and the Shawn Michaels of DX, uh, myself and Mr. Craig Fyatt. Craig, how are you? I'm good, buddy. Um, yep, okay. I'm, I'm going into grizzled old veteran mode and saying the Champions League means nothing to me anymore, so I'll spend my evening chatting wrestling with you. Exactly. How much a real sport, mate, a real sport with real competitors and real rules and real athleticism, not... Um, not people going about pretending to be injured on the ground like you get with these uh, these Champions League teams. But we did promise the people um, that we would review Survivor Series. That's what we sort of tweeted out. That's what we advertised. But I'm going to be honest, mate. I never watched it. That was there was nothing on that card that even put me in the mood to sort of say I'll flick through it. Um, in the last couple of years. Probably, I'll say realistically, right since about 2014, since CM Punk left. Anyone that's ever listened to me before knows I'm a big CM Punk fan. I started drifting away from watching Raw. Key hours doesn't help. It started dwindling to, I'll fast forward through Raw and watch the bits I like, to I'll read the results and see if anything good happens, but still watching all the pay-per-views. Then it started going to, I'll skip through the pay-per-views and... Now I'm at the point where if there's something major happening, I'll watch it. I'll maybe look at the card beforehand to see what's happening. But there was nothing on this card. I mean, I know it was the Rock's anniversary um, and they were sort of building stuff to that, but I didn't expect the Rock to show up. I think had he been shown up, it would have been plastered everywhere so that they could pop a rating, but what was your thoughts going into Survivor Series and did you actually watch the pay-per-view? Did you watch part of it or, or did you yeah. bother? It's, it's one of my favourite pay-per-views since like the original concept um, and then how it's gradually changed to just become, it's almost lost its identity and it's, you know, bar a couple of classic matches, it's um, it's almost lost its identity. Um, I think that sort of started probably over a decade ago when they brought bragging rights in and then they, they do this whole brand supremacy thing where it makes no sense because there's there's no prize, there's no reward apart from you get Pat McAfee saying a week later, oh, we won, and that's the only thing they kept score of the wins or losses throughout. I mean, this pay-per-view is incredible incredibly disappointing. It is basically one big long promo for Rock's new movie. Um, <laughs> Red Notice on Netflix. Um, and a so Just to be clear, was that Red Notice on Netflix? Sorry, that's, that's the sort of thing that you would have got had you tuned into the pay-per-view from, from what I was about to read. Red Notice on, on Netflix. Starring The Rock on his twenty on his uh, the twenty fifth anniversary of his WWE debut, but yeah, it's uh, he even had a crossover storyline where Mister McMahon had been gifted a 
hundred million dollar Cleopatra's egg, which features in the um, the film, and you tune in and it gets stolen. So you have to tune into Raw the next day to find out who stole it. Um, yes, somebody, yes, somebody did actually write this shit. WWE have not been the best record when it comes to things relating to eggs at Survivor Series, as anyone remembers the gobbledygooker will uh, attest to. Um, Second best so debut from the 1990 show. <laughs> um, so did you actually watch any wrestling on this show? I mean, we'll, we'll talk about the results, and I'm going to be honest. I think I don't even think I know any of the results. It shows you how little interest as we record this on the the Wednesday night. It shows you a little interest I paid to the pay per view. It's it's a sad day for which one of which was once one of the four pillars of WWE, along with Rumble Mania and uh, SummerSlam. It's, it's sad how much it's fallen. But we'll we'll, we'll get your thoughts on on the pay per view, and then we'll perhaps have a wee look back at some of the things that made Survivor Series what it was and what it should be. Yeah, and nothing says sadder day than the Intercontinental Champion being on the pre-show against the United States Champion. Um, uh, but, okay. But we, we start off with Becky, opening match of the main show, Becky Lynch against Charlotte Flair. In terms of and, and I'll just, in fact, what we'll do right is you read out them and I'll tell you if I know anything about them, which is probably not. But I know there's been sort of some real life heat, if you want to call it that, between these two because of the the belt exchange segment, which don't even get me started on that because that was an absolute riot, just swapping belts um, or titles, whatever they want to call them. But yeah, don't call it straps, Jesus, man. Um, but I know there was some sort of they'll try to make it out as if it was a shoot brother but I, I don't really think it worked and for me this is one of the the issues that is wrong with the WWE women's division as it generally keeps coming back to the same three or four ladies and that would be Sasha, Bailey, Charlotte um, and who's the other one I'm missing? Becky sort of four horsewomen, if that's what you want to call them. It always seems to come back to these four in, in the main event slot. But, um, yeah, did, did you watch this match? And did you think it was decent? Did you think it was good? Did you think it was worth it? Was it? Should it have been on the pay-per-view? Or should this have put in the pre-show spot ahead of the IC versus US champ? I don't think in this day and age they would ever put a women's champion versus women's champion match on the pre-show. Um, it's not, not going to happen. In fact, I don't even think there's... I think both the women's championship matches generally... If the women's champions are wrestling, they, they are generally on the main show. Um, yeah. Which, there's nothing wrong with that. And to be to be honest, they're, they're arguably two of the biggest stars that uh, WWE's actually created in recent years is Becky Lynch and Charlotte. Flair, um, they seem to be cutting back on using her kayfabe um, surname. <laughs> Good to know why. Ooh. Um, but uh, not good match. You're, 
You're so you're seldom disappointed when these two get in the ring, and you really can't complain at all about it. Good. Um, they work so they work so well together. You can actually believe there is legit um, animosity between the two of them. Um, it's not like you know Stephanie McMahon playing the evil corporate villain on television, but then in a <laughs> a, seg, a a vignette two minutes later she's doing a be a star campaign. You know, yeah. it's uh, it's it's believable to that to that extent. And uh, yeah, absolutely fine. We then move on to the classic five-on-five Grand Supremacy men's match. Um, Raw versus SmackDown. So your teams are Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, Austin Theory and Bobby Lashley for Team Raw. And Drew McIntyre, Jeff Hardy, King Xavier Woods, Happy Corbin and Sheamus for Team Smackdown. Okay. Um, again, I've not paid that much attention to, to WWE recently. So I know, I'm trying to think what I know here. I know Drew's just transferred over from Raw probably in the last month or so. Pretty sure Jeff Hardy was in Raw not long ago. The same with Woods, yep. um, and I'm pretty sure Seamus was at the start of the year anyway. Yep. Again, they do these matches, and the brand split is a farce. Um, it, it's not for anything. And you're meant to believe that Drew McIntyre, for example, let's pick on him. Despite being on Raw for a while, being a champion over on Raw, has suddenly decided in the last month, for no apparent reason, I am so passionate about SmackDown that I will fight Raw. Again, we've discussed before here that they really need to put reasons and they spend more time faffing about with daft stories about things that don't matter. And it doesn't... They overcomplicate it. Try and reinvent the wheel. Realistically, well, all you have to say is they're fighting for a spot in the Royal Rumble. Whoever's team at wins automatically is at the Rumble. It's simple. At least, at least Dragon Knights had a wooden trophy. You know? <laughs> Yeah, um, you know, there's there's things you can do. I mean, it was a uh, the 2004 for the Raw, um, the Raw match. Eric Bischoff goes off on holiday for a month, um, and then the four members of the winning team got to be GM for the for them a week each. Exactly. You know, no, I'm not saying it needs to make sense, but at least put something and a reason behind it. It's not. Well, what? One of the ones that I like, Kev, um, which if you go back um, to 2006 Survivor Series and you've got a good mix of a pay-per-view card. You've got the legends, um, Dusty Rosick, Claire Ron Simmons and Sergeant Slaughter against the Spirit Squad. Bit of nostalgia, <laughs> bit of fun. You've got... Uh, and the thing <laughs> is, right, the Spirit Squad, people might People don't remember them, male cheerleader act, but they were all great bumpers. They're there to sell for Dusty's big elbow, etc. As you say, yep. a, a bit of nostalgia and get the crowd pumped up and happy right away. One of, the, one of them still there is Dolph Ziggler. You know? mm. <laughs> you've, you've got 
um, Benoit against um, Chavo Guerrero um, for the United States Championship. You've then got a women's championship match, Mickey James against Lita, proper, you know, wrestling, female wrestling for the time. It doesn't really get much better than those two. Trish Stratus, uh, Trish Stratus had just retired. You then move on to, you've got three brands, you've got Raw Smackdown and ECW, you've got Team DX who are feuding with rated RKO and Raw as um, co-captains of the team, throwback to the very, very early days where it was five on five with two co-captains. So you've got Shawn Michaels and Triple H with the Hardy Boys um, and CM Punk. Um, CM Punk being from ECW and I think Matt Hardy was on SmackDown and Jeff was on Raw because either him or John Morrison were the, the IC champion at the time. They're taking on Edge, Randy Orton, Gregory Helms, Johnny Nitro, Mike Knox. So you've got... <laughs> There's a blast for the past right there for Mike Knox. Yeah. But, you know, <clears throat> that year is, lit, is littered with the six foot four muscle bound straight out of OBW. Mid-card mogul. Yeah. You know? That that's what Vince likes, that's what they created. You know, we can then say what then was coming out of NXT um, a decade later. But what you've got, you've got three, you've got wrestlers from three brands. It's not about brand supremacy. You've got storylines that are crossing over from the respective TV shows onto the card. You've got CM Punk, who's been on the main roster for six months at most. Then, mm -hmm. and he's on ECW show. So if you didn't watch that, you might not know who CM Punk is. But it's in Chicago. It's in his hometown. So you know by that reaction, he's someone. He's a, yep. He gets the he gets the rub because he's tagging with HBK, Triple H, and the Hardy Boys. They've recently reunited because. Jeff Hardy's returned to the promotion. He's feuding with Johnny Nitro, John Morrison, Johnny Drip Drip, <laughs> whatever you want to call him. And, you know, everything makes sense in terms of crossing over storylines to develop a match on a card that will still, you'll still have these feuds going on into the new year a couple of months later, you know? Yep. You've got, then you've got Mr. Kennedy against The Undertaker in the first blood match. Um, where you've got the interference from MVP and Kane. And that carries over into the next match where you've got Team Cena against Team Big Show. John Cena, Lashley, Kane, RVD and Sabu against Big Show, Finlay, MVP, Test and Umaga. But again, it's it's everything's marrying up. Bobby Lashley is the EC, ECW champion. Him and John Cena are the co-survivors. So you look at the end of that match, the champion of your third brand is on par with the champion of your number one brand. Yep. And then if you want, if you feel you have to have a title match, 
he culminated the pay view with Batista versus King Luther, which is Batista's 10, 11 month chase to get the title back, but he had to rel- rel- relinquish due to injury. Uh, instead, we have Red versus Blue. Which has been overdone. When was the first year? Can you remember the first year they actually done that sort of brand extension? Two How long have we been doing Raw vs uh, Smackdown? And yeah, well, they've had, they've had ones where it's, it's disappeared and then it's came back. So you had it in 2005. Then 2006 they had crossover storylines. Likewise, uh, 2007 and eight, And they just had like the odd um, classic match on it. 2009 they had those triple threats for the titles where they had Cena versus DX and um, Undertaker versus Jerry Show. Um, <laughs> 2010 was just redundant because it was Randy Orton versus Wade Barrett of the Nexus with John Cena as a special guest referee. Now, what can you do in that year when you had a 7v7 Survivor Series elimination match at SummerSlam? Um, exactly, yeah. Yeah, you know, t- 2011, <laughs> 2011, you've got Rock and Cena versus the Awesome Truth. Um, so you've got times where they move away from it. Um, 12, you've got CM Punk versus Cena versus Ryback. <laughs> uh, that was Ryback was still undefeated at that point, wasn't he? The debut of the Shield. It's, um, it's funny how these things sort of pass, pass into each other because I know Punk was a, a big architect of the, the Shield. Yeah. He was, um, I think he wanted, was it somebody else he wanted in? Um, That's a story for another day. Cassius Wunnel, wasn't it? Um, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, that's it. That's the one. Um, ah, it's just a... This one. It's Raw versus SmackDown thing. It's just... It's overplayed. I mean, back when they first started to do brand splits, you would maybe get... What was it? Maybe one or two people would sort of start feuding just before WrestleMania, perhaps coming out of the Royal Rumble. I think famously... Shawn Michaels and Kurt Angle did it mm-hmm. when people did not switch brands every every two weeks. Um, but now people jump that often. Nobody really knows and or cares who wins. I mean, they sort of do these big pay-per-views and the week before you'll maybe have Raw and Raven Smackdown or Smackdown and Raven Raw. Then the night after, it's forgotten about and you, and you move on. So what, why should anyone care? Um, but was it, did you watch this match? Was it any good? <laughs> it's if you go to two thousand and fourteen, you've got John Cena, Big Show, Dolph Ziggler, Eric Rowan, and Ryback versus Kane, Luke Harper, Mark Henry, Rusev, Seth Rollins, and it's just so samey, samey. Um, I'm trying to think. There's other ones where the same these types of matches with the same characters have happened so often now that it's hard to even tell the difference between the two of them. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. Kevin, Kevin Owens was in it one year with Seth Rollins and Don, and you just, you can't differentiate. I mean, you're looking at you know, the, the longevity that these guys have got in the roster, which is a, a great thing, 
<laughs> when you start to look at Seth Rollins debuts in 2012, Balor's what 16, Owens is 2015, Austin Theory is relatively new, Bobby Lashley, you were watching at Survivor Series 2005 in the first ever Raw vs <laughs> Smackdown one, you know, I mean, we've seen Drew on and off for 10 years, Jeff Hardy, you know, 2000, yes, in 1999, that would have been his first one Woods and Corbin, you know, at least five years Sheamus was world champion in 2009 so it's, it's that, that's a, that is a problem for WWE uh, I've spoken about it before is like when you go back to when we first started watching um, you would have Hogan right? Hogan was on top for years right? but he was of like the, the heel factory, and I know it's slightly different because Hogan didn't compete in 10, 12 pay per views a year, he would compete in four if he was really, really busy. So it's sort of different, but at the same time, you just list off some names there that have been about for years and years, and it's the same faces, and there's only, there's only so much you can do. And, I think Randy Orton, as we, we speak about this, he's just become the the wrestler with the most WWE pay-per-view matches this week on yeah. Survivor Series. Um, he Now, Randy's had a couple of breaks. That's, that's fine. Um, I know other people have had breaks to sort of break up their, their runs. But a lot of these guys, like you say, they've been on TV week in and week out, year in and year out. Some of them for like 15 years. That's a long time to be looking at the same people. It's the miles on the it's the miles on the clock as well, you know, because you're talking about Hogan would be on TV for, you know, a pre-taped interview with Oakland. Let me tell you something, Mean Gene, and you know maybe a handful of TV matches a year. Yeah. Even in WCW, he was lucky if he topped twenty. A year, and that's when you're doing weekly syndicated um, TV. Um, and then before that, when you're talking about maybe 20 as well, with um, his first WWF run or first championship WWF run, and you're at four pay per views a year, and you're lucky if he was on, well, he's probably on all, all four, but it's It's not all the exposure you're getting now because you would get Hogan and Hogan would come out um, once once per segment, maybe twice if you were really, really pushed and that would be it. You would not get these endless segments of um, coming out at the beginning of the Raw, coming out in the middle of Raw, coming out for the match in the main event and getting the same thing for, for like 10, 10 years. I see you mentioned with Sheamus. Sheamus has been in WWE now for 13 years and only so much you can do. It's um, he's I, been a good I, guy, he's been a bad I like, guy. I like Seamus, and you know, as I having um, dinner with some Norwegian colleagues, and when they were recruiting for someone, they said they're looking for a potato, which is a Norwegian saying, and it's not insulted. It just means it's someone that can go with any with anything, can, yeah. can do fulfill a, a multitude of tasks, and guys like Seamus and and Orton and, and that are great for doing that. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've said it before that they're great people having their roster. They don't always need to be main event. They don't always need the title. But if you need a heel or a face, then you can they rely can, on them. They can drop into the tag division. We've seen we're looking at RK Bro. We'll get to that. Then we looked how good the bar was, and there's they're great, you know. And that's your upper mid card occasional main event or stars. Yeah, but they're not they're not the superstars to the level of a Hogan, an Austin, a Rock. No, real superstars. Mm-hmm. And WWE hasn't created. One of them since Cena, really. Um, you could argue, but you could argue Batista and Lesnar. Um, in but terms they've of, not, they've no, aye, they all came about at the same time. Yeah, aye, yeah. right. The, the, if you talk about like uh, Hogan, then Austin, then Rock as a succession plan, and then Cena, I've not created a new one of those since John Cena, and that was what do we say, two thousand and three, four, two. Uh, two thousand two is a debut. Um, so that's like your Batista, Cena, Orton, Lesnar, Shelton, Benjamin, OBW class. Yeah. It's... And the thing is, they're not creating superstars, but they're barely even creating stars now. Um, yeah. You know, um, we can, they've got, and, and you can understand why there's been so many releases, because the roster is stacked. And when you've got the um, if you're appearing in a segment for that 24-7 title <laughs> I, uh, if that was me I'd be, I'd be worried about my job you know it's like that it's like that, ep- that Nambla episode of South Park where you've got the boys running from one room and um, the Nambla members chasing after them and the police and the parents chasing after them and it's like what are you doing you know, what was it? Um, you've watched Monday Night Raw. Vince McMahon's egg gets gets stolen, and their the whole roster is turning the dressing room upside down like it was some children's game show with Neil Buchanan in the nineties or Pat Sharp. Yeah. Right, it was honestly like a glorified version of Funhouse, and not the uh, Firefly uh, one. Uh, I mean, they've done stuff like this before. I mean. We didn't remember Money in the Bank from last year when they were fighting up Titan Towers and just embarrassing. It's if the sort of thing was, that if you're that was different. Non wrestling fans, that, that was different and it was novel and it was trying in COVID times. So you'd give it a, a yeah. moderate a moderate pass on that one. You know, it's it's polarizing. Some people thought the Firefly Funhouse with um, Wyatt against Cena. Was amazing, and others found it to be a melon scratcher. Um, but staying on the theme, and we'll, we'll come back to releases because I want to talk about that. Um, but on this match, the winners are Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, Bobby Lashley, and Austin Theory. Do we care? <laughs> I mean, you said the biggest thing coming out of this was. Vince McMahon's golden egg and when I woke up on Monday I will flick through Twitter um, and I will see generally what will happen is you'll see pay-per-view results right whether you want to or not like after the last AEW one I seen who won the bell 
I've seen other bits and bobs and stuff like that. So you, you get the gist of what people are talking about. You, you see what's trending, as, as the kids say. And the sort of things that were coming out of this was a golden egg. Now, I've not watched The Rock's new film yet. I'm going on holiday in a couple of weeks. I'm going to save it for that. I'm going to put it on the iPad and I'll watch it on the plane. But, again, if, if, if you're if you're not up with this and you, you've tuned in to, to watch wrestling and this is what you're getting, it's it's a pretty poor show. And it's, who, who really cares about some golden egg that was wrote, written on the screen What this week? It's, did it first appear at Survivor Series? Is this the first time it's been mentioned on TV? Yeah, Vince turned up in his limo with the roster cheering as he got out and unveiled this golden egg. And it's like, yep. And then you later on find out it's worth a hundred million dollars because, um, because he told uh, Roman Reigns in a sit-down interview, and probably the best takeaway was um, Reigns said, "Oh, that'll be the value of my next contract." Uh, but that's that's a little. Reigns is performing, um, in spite of WWE booking rather because of it. It's um, it's all very sad, but I'm sure we'll come on to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, let's try and weave in and out of this show. So next up with Team Raw, Bianca Belair, Rhea Ripley, Liv Morgan, Carmella, Queen Zelina versus Team SmackDown, Sasha Banks, Shayna Baszler, Shotzi, Natalia. Natalia just seems to be one of these Teflon people that has a job no matter what, and Tony Storm. Uh, I am not, I'm going to understate this, mate, I am not the biggest fan of women's wrestling. Um, if I did watch this, I would have skipped it. None of them really catch my interest. It's the same old Raw versus SmackDown nonsense. Did you watch this? Did you skip it? Um, and spoiler alert, Team Raw won. Um, was it any good or was it just pretty similar to the men's? It was all right, but it's, you've got... Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley probably going to be the ones to step up um, and penetrate that four horsewoman ceiling that they've got. You'd, you'd probably include Asuka um, there as well. And then she's been in a while, hasn't she? She's won yeah. a rumble and stuff like that. Uh, she's injured and so is Bailey right now. Ah, um, uh, I knew Bailey was it the Bailey shoulder or something. She entered in the performance centre or something, didn't she, when she was training? That's that's right. And Alexa Bliss, I think, is just being very protected because of concussions and such likes. Because um, you don't see her in ring days as much as you used to. Um, and who knows? Maybe Ronda will make a comeback. Um, I think if she does, it would be for a Mania payday. I can't really see anything else. Um... She's a, a new mum, isn't she? Yeah, but... Why, why, but why it, it's, home to it's, it's fine enough, but again, it's... You know, we've got... You've got Sean Z. Black Tower that's coming in. You've got Stone, uh, Tony Storm, and that's fine. And you've still got, you know, the Carmelas, the Natalias, Banks is fulfilling that potato roll where she can go down the tag division or in the mid card and then step up and be a credible challenger and this is about building, rebuilding Bianca Bellier 
um, which if you find you had to rebuild someone after they've won a Royal Rumble in January and won the title at the main event of Mania, where's the you've done something wrong? Yeah, what? And she survives a four-on-one. No, you've done something wrong. And where is the payoff? And are you then going to look at her road to WrestleMania and she's going to go into Rumble and she'll have to win that and then she's going to go and you've just got copy and paste booking. I think WWE has suffered from that from a while, to be fair. A lot well, of copy and paste. Right, they've got it on both fronts. If you, if you looked at 2020, uh, WrestleMania 36, you literally had the same match for the Ross uh, title and the SmackDown title in the men's. With um, Goldberg, Gem, Strowman, and Lesnar McIntyre. You looked at this year's WrestleMania, you had a dominant heel champion with a manager against a baby, against a, you know, veteran baby face. A little bit different, but the next night you had a dominant male champion with a manager against, a ve- against two veteran baby faces. <laughs> It's, yeah, yeah. We we missed a couple of matches. We missed we had a twenty five man. Um, well, I was going to come back to that. I was going to come back and ask. But when you go, you you can talk us through a twenty five man twenty fifth anniversary of the Rocks Battle Royal. The Rocks debut. Mm. Yeah, and the highlight of that was almost and. Um, I was going to say who's almost, but that was AJ Styles' partner, wasn't it? Yeah, his Colossus, him and Commander Aziz, um, who is Apollo Cruz's back um, backup, playing tug of war with AJ Styles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Was there anything else happening in the Battle Royal? Was there anything at all of note? Battle Royals are always like, you either love them or you hate them. See, I always heart back to when I first got into wrestling, and which is autumn 1991. One, in fact, the first wrestling pay-per-view as such VHS tape I got was Battle Royal at the Royal Albert Hall. A UK, a UK tour, an 18-man card with two other wrestlers appearing to make up a 20-man Battle Royal as the main event, culminating with Davy Boy Smith winning the Royal Samovar. Last eliminated Typhoon, Earthquake comes out to help beat him up because it's their tag team partners in Natural Disasters. There'd been a minor feud throughout 1991 between Andre the Giant and Earthquake. Andre the Giant uh, comes out on crutches, can barely walk, but Pierce House, Andre Bulldog celebrate. Fine. Works a treat. Mm-hmm. You go on to the Royal Rumble in 1992, British Bulldogs draw number one. He's got a pedigree in the Battle Royals. You've seen him win, yep. win summer before. It works. It's, what, 
What does almost get for winning this? You know? <laughs> I mean, frankly, we could have said, oh, you've got a role in the Rock's next movie. It's... Well, it's still going on with the giant battle royal at WrestleMania, right? Where I don't think people have much luck once they win that. And like you said, years ago, and we are pretty much old men shouting at clouds, we know that. Um, but that's what would happen. I mean, they obviously booked the Bulldog to win because it was his home island. <laughs> um, but then you go and book your Royal Rumble, you know where you're going to go with, with Flair etc, etc, and you can then tell that story of how he won the Battle Royal and he'll be a worthy contender, and Bulldog always did have good shows I think in Rumbles from then on in and he was always a good guy to have because he was really, really powerful, but you sort of backwards book, <laughs> you could look ahead and say, right, okay, if we put the Bulldog over here, it gives us something to use, tell a strong story when he is in the next Royal Rumble but, and this is going to come back to releases, now they're releasing people who, like uh, Alistair Black, they released him, like, was that a couple of months ago? And they've been playing videos for him debuting on SmackDown, and then they just chop him. Now, <laughs> and hired his wife back about two weeks beforehand. There's, just, there's no logic to it. I mean, I know... When AEW launched, they were giving out all these big money deals because they didn't want to lose into AEW, and now they're pretty much getting rid of everyone and anyone. But by now, in the old days, right, back in the 90s, they would at least have an idea of where they were going. Who's going to the main event, WrestleMania next year? Now, I think, to their credit, I think we can all say that it's going to be Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. But who else is on that card? Right, so what, what's the undercut going to be? Who's going to be in the tag title scene? Right, let, let's do that and then book backwards and let's create things now. Is it going to be the split up of RK Bro? Is that where they're going to have the blow off match? If so, let, let's book backwards. But right now, they, they don't seem, it's not even as if they're booking week to week or hour to hour. Some guy who, or woman, is directing videos to appear on SmackDown, they're laying out a sort of plan. And then the next thing, oh, by the way, that's scrapped. He, he's off TV now. He's he's been fired. He's been future endeavoured. There's just absolutely no logic. I mean, who who's pulling the strings? Who who's deciding to fire these people? Who's is it? Can because I can't imagine it'd be Vince. I imagine Vince is pretty much just got along for the ride now. But it, it's absolutely crazy, and is it? WWE's changed so much. We know they're a public traded company now. I know there's lots of rumours about them getting sold. But have you ever known the company to be this disorganised? Because I know it's sports entertainment and stuff like that. And we spoke about people like Sheamus and, and stuff like that being... And if you want to sort of try a football tag on them, they've got a lot of James Milners who are wonderful professionals and can do many, many jobs but they're never going to be the superstar. And WWE have got a lot of them just now. They've got a lot of James Milner's, but they don't have too many, like a Cristiano Ronaldo or a Messi, who's the superstar of the team. And they've not had one of them for a while. But right now, if you want to put a football analogy on this, it's, it's you've got a guy playing up front for two weeks, building your team around him, and then you're sacked. It's absolutely crazy. It's just, what is the logic here? I've never known them to be this disorganised. Sort of, you can... 
you can look at it, and I've worked for some incredibly disorganised companies, but never any with the value of like WWE. And you could look at an nepotism point of view for the Usos and the other best records. You know, <laughs> I mean, with any other family lineage, their future endeavoured for the amount of DUIs they've got. Mm-hmm. But, and, you know, and the thing is, you, you used to, like, say if somebody, and we've all, you could probably piss up some names here, but if you are involved in a major story, right, say, for example, Roman Reigns goes out tomorrow and gets a DUI. Roman's not getting fired, right? We know that certain people are protected because of how high up the card they are and how big a star they are. The olden days, what would happen with the Usos, right? For example, they got their DUIs, their cards would be marked, so they would do what they had to do, and once their story was done, rather than sort of put them into another story, they'd be very quietly dropped down the cards and then removed. And then they would probably be back later, see Marta Giannetti, who's had 1,750 last, last chances, but they would be written off key and they would be taken out of the spotlight. And, and like you quite rightly say, it's right now because nothing happens to them. They're off TV for a week. Everybody knows what's happening. And and in the back, as where well, you've got people who are actively promoted from NXT and then the next week they're gone. Then the, like uh, the big guy AJ who was in front of their, um, their treasure show, he, he's been future endeavoured um, I, I just cannot understand what the logic is, who's making these decisions and, and again it's not that I disagree that WWE has far too much talent on its books, they've clearly got too many people despite all their TV errors right uh, NXT is a bit of a shambles just now Raw and Smackdown are far from great but they're still carrying too much talent but there's no logic to who they're getting rid of. It's not like, again, in the old days, if you were out of favour, if you'd upset the office, you would be jobbed out, you'd be sent to the sort of B or the C towns, you would generally get phased that down the card that people forgot about you, and then you were out of there. But now, as I say, there's, there's no rhyme the reason to the people they're letting go. It's one minute you're in, or you're getting prepped, and you're going to debut, or you debut, and then you're out of the picture altogether. I say, I... I I've honestly no idea. I mean, if you compare it with AEW, who is also carrying a lot of talent, but they've got their main talents on the main shows, and then the other people, they're put on dark and stuff like that. But at least AEW has got some sort of structure. If you were in AEW just now, you could sort of do what you used to do in WWE, where you could say, okay, these people here above this line are your main event people, right? Your punks, your Danielsons, your Omegas. The next level below that is your sort of people that are too good for, and I'm going to use old terminology here, too good for your IC level, but just maybe not good enough to be world champion, which is fine. And then you've got your IC level, and then over here you've got your tag team division, and then over here you've got your women's division. WWE just seems to be an absolute mess. It's an absolute riot just now. There's, they always said that Vince was the man who who ran the show and that's why WCW failed because Eric wasn't Vince and Eric didn't create, have creative control on everything. He would sometimes let other people do it, um, like Kevin Sullivan do this bit and somebody else do that bit. But everything WWE ran through Vince, I just don't know if that's true anymore. 
or maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. It's the Monty Burns thing. Maybe you're trying to appeal to an audience of one. Of you know, and that one is a seventy-seven-year-old billionaire. Yeah, it may well be. I mean, the last match we may as well just touch on the last match because we're going off on a tangent, and it's Roman Reigns versus Big E. Did you watch that match? Did you think? I mean, without it's, even. It's a, it's a good big big man powerhouse match, but where's the payoff? Where's the reward? You can pretty much guess when they're shouting, "Yes, another one for Raw, another one for Raw," the whole way through that. A safe chance Roman Reigns is going to win this one. But yeah, what does that do for the guy that you just given the his first title reign to? For him, you know, in the second or third pay per view to to be losing, you know, is it automatically saying that you are inferior to this other brand's champion? Hmm. No, I mean, where look at that championship, the WWE Championship. Who's going to be the champion of WrestleMania? Who's going to be the contender? You've got... Is Big E going to hold on to it to that time? Seth Rollins is probably positioned as the number one heel. Are they going to have a switch and then have Big E then win the Rumble and challenge at WrestleMania? Because if they're doing that, they've done it totally the wrong way because <laughs> a face winning his first double championship should be win the Rumble and win that Mania. Mm-hmm. It's the big moment feel. Okay, a couple of exceptions. CM, see, well, look at CM Punk's first title one as an exception to rule. When well, the, whole, the whole thing, and I'm going to sorry for button, I'm kind of cautious. The whole thing about a baby face winning by cashing in is wrong for me. That's a, that's a heel move. RVD done it right. He said to Cena, I'm going to fight you. I'm going to give myself the advantage, and it's going to be a one-night stand when it's my turf, but I'm giving you advance notice, this is when I'm going to fight you. Um, yeah. I don't agree with like faces cashing in, just turning up on Raw one week after a match. That, that's a heel move. That, that, is, you know I mean? that, that is the point of that, but sorry, I've cut across you there. Exactly. You know, after after you, you're wrestling tonight, but after that match, I will be, cha- I will be challenging you. So you're going to have to go twice. And it is yeah, a cool. at least, uh, uh, exactly. Or just running out. I mean, I don't like the whole thing of, and I don't think it makes sense either, where a heel will come out and say, okay, this is now a three-way match. Why, why would you make it a three-way match? You simply wait until that match is done. <laughs> come out and hit him with a chair, and then, right, then you take his belt off from you. You don't say, I'm going to interject myself into this, this sporting contest to make it a three-way, where I can still lose my title opportunity without being involved in the decision. It's, it's absolute madness. But, yeah, sorry, on you go, continue. That's really where we're at. I mean, do they go and pull out the bumper book of legends to see who you can get for this year's WrestleMania? Because that list is getting smaller and smaller every year. The, the only one the one they want is The Rock, right? And that's why yeah. they bent over backwards. We all know they want The Rock, and everybody loves The Rock, right? I don't know anyone that doesn't, but The Rock won't be able to have a match that he did in 1999, 2003. <laughs> you know what I mean? He, he's not that guy anymore. He, he's built up 
He's, he's 49 he's years up. old and carrying too much muscle mass. And exactly. He's, but I bet he does. I bet he does, mate. Yes, 100%. And he basically said no more to that after WrestleMania 2013. 29. 29, 29, yeah. Uh, when, uh, the, yeah. Once, the once in a lifetime that happened twice. The second time in a lifetime in the Rogue. <laughs> you know, then what did you have? You had the wee promo where with Austin and Hogan at 30 and then the brief interaction. He's in a, he's in a daft thing with the Wyatt family that wasn't really a match. You had um, him and Ronda um, yeah. segment with Triple H and Seth. But yeah, and then yeah, that, that real quick with um, the Wyatt family and there you go. So I mean, who, who else are we going to call though? We'll probably get Edge. That well, Edge will be there. Um, but Edge, Edge is not... Edge is not new. If you know what I mean. he's, he's been back for a while now. Um, I'm trying to think who else they could get. Austin's done. Austin's retired. Punk's in AEW. Taker, if they really wanted to, they could. They might... But again, that wouldn't be a match. That would, You'd imagine that would be a, a skit, a sort of... Cinematic. Because WrestleMania is in Texas, isn't it? No, I yeah. hate cinematic. But I mean, if you... I don't think anyone would mind if Taker somebody done the whole daft of blah blah blah. Lights go out. Taker comes out or appears in the ring, choke slam, tombstone, and, a, and away you go. I mean that's fine, but that that's not going to pop a number for you. But if you're poor talking, Eli- poor Elias. Exactly, yeah. that's that's his role, isn't it? Um, I'm trying to think of who yeah. else. Flair's done. Hogan's blacklisted. Flair's blacklisted. Even if, you even if you go back to previous champions on the roster, you know, Miz, not really going to put up a number. McIntyre, is he now too far removed? And if it's, is he going to challenge Reigns? Don't know. If not, it's Lesnar. Kofi Kingston, two and a half years ago, was a champ. He's down <laughs> the list. Brian's gone. The styles get elevated back up. Doubt it. I think him and Omos right now would be good. It'd probably him and Omos against RK Bro, unless they split. Jinder Mahal. Champion for almost six months. No. Randy Orton. Randy Orton, again, we've talked about. Bray Wyatt's gone. Is Cena likely to come back? If they don't get Rock, did they go for Cena? Um, Dean Ambrose. Could, I mean. Yeah. D- Dean Ambrose is in rehab and contracted to AEW. Rollins and Reigns have got. Triple H has had a cardiac episode. Um, and, it, and Meltzer says he's unlikely to wrestle again. But that's. I'm not sure who he speaks to. Maybe the people that clean the toilets at Titan Towers. And then you're looking at Seamus is still under contract. Alberto Del Rio, you're not going to pay to see him at WrestleMania. Mysterio. And that's just gone back to 10 years worth of champions. (laughs) The, The fact that you have said twice on this show now that you need to rebuild people who won belts 
less than a year ago. Um, I think we talked about, well, we are talking about Drew, and we, we spoke about Bianca. That just shows how badly WWE is just now. I mean, young Xander, who, who appears on this show quite a bit, he he watches everything. His dad is the... His dad's one of these modern wrestling fans that, that think things like the the Wyatt stuff was great and entertaining. That's not for me. Um, it was different. It was different, and it had its own identity. And if you let them actually work in the ring, like the matches they had with the Shield, lots of good stuff. The, 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 the Wyatt family, I didn't mind. The Wyatt family, I thought was okay. It was just when he was doing that Fiend stuff and his magic powers and and all that, and I know we were brought up with Undertaker. That was a way to say. <laughs> but Undertaker it, came. It, it was a different era. It's I see they they don't have they don't have a direction right now. I mean, say what you want about AEW, and I've been very critical of them um, in the past, but. They at least they know what they want to do. They want to put on a pro wrestling show. They want to try and have something for everyone, whether that be women's matches, whether that be the young box doing flips that, that's not to our taste, whether that be I think who else, um, whether that be CM Punk doing doing actual pro wrestling, whether it be Brian Danielson having the best wrestling matches that he can have just to enjoy himself. Um, they, they've got something for everyone, but WWE just now. I'm, I think everyone talks about demos and stuff, and I still think a lot of WWE viewers are like middle-aged men, but yet yeah, they don't seem to book for middle-aged men, if that makes yeah. sense. They, they, they the, still the, try to book for their own audience. We're the, the marks, we're the numpties that pay nine, $9.99 a month, and we're always there. And they're looking for to bring in the casual fans, and that's why you get Bad Bunny and some and um, that YouTube YouTube boxer, um, and, you know, yeah, and for the likes of you and I in the UK, if I have if if I have to Google someone, they're not a star, you know. It's like any yeah. of these celebrity reality TV shows, um, where you have to Google. They're not celebrities, with with the exception of those to the top. Greatest reality TV show ever made. Um, but yeah. And to be honest, AEW's the type of promotion I'm crying out for. But I've said it before, the problem is that the head of the table and the faces of the company are faces you'd never tire of hitting. <laughs> and not in a, you know, you're a very good heel way. Yes. It's the expat Expat heat, it's the, yeah, it's the go away, away heat, um, as opposed to the, you know, Ric Flair, Triple H, heel champion heat. Yes. Um, okay. This was meant to be a Survivor Series breakdown pod. We've went off on several tangents just because of the way WWE is booked and has been booked for a while now and. I've said for a while, Craig, I've said for well over a couple of years now that today's viewers are tomorrow's network subscribers. And when your viewership goes down, 
your future, like like you said, we we watch for years. I mean, I don't watch regular WWE TV, but I watch something on the network at least once. I put a pay per view on every night. I might not watch it. I might fall asleep watching Capital Carnage nineteen ninety from WCW, but I watch something on it. But I don't touch anything after two thousand three. Um, How many standout Raw moments have you had since Raw one thousand? I can not even tell you. And we're not even telling you. Have we hit Raw 2000 yet? We can't be too far away. Um, 93 to 2012, so that's nine years. Well, it must be close if it hasn't happened already. We're, We're a long way removed from the late 90s when Raw was must watch, could not miss. I mean, I, I never had Sky at the time, so I would get man, it would tape raw for me. Aye. That's, those, those that are old enough will remember it was on the Friday night. So she would come down the Saturday morning, I would take the VS tape out of her, and that would be me for the next hour and a half, take out the adverts. Raw, must watch. Nothing was skipped, even if it was a Mark Merrill versus Flash Funk match, because she would generally get something. Well, um, but herein lies the problem is that you've got you've gone from a two-hour must-watch TV show to a three-hour show, which can be surmised in a fifteen-minute um, video that's free on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So it's um, not it's no longer must-watch television. You know, I mean, I I get that there has to be segments and you know. 24-7 championship, I think, is just absolute nonsense. Um, but if you want the segments, go back to 2012. Keith Slater against the Legends. You've got a wee, currently, lower, lower mid-card heel, and you get nostalgia pops. And you could have that. And at that time, that was probably the segment I was looking most forward to in that six, eight-week build that they did. Um, yeah, we did, um, did enjoy seeing Vader, Psycho Sid, Road Warrior, Animal coming out, getting the getting the pop just for the music alone. A two minute a two minute match. By the time you do the end, the promo, the entrance, a two minute match, the celebration. That's your film. A segment. But see, like we spoke about all the way through this pod. They don't have these people anymore because they're still employed. Yeah. If you they look at someone like Sid, like Sid, Sid was in and out of the company. Sid, Justice, Sid Vicious, what was he, came in in 92? Am I right in saying that? 91. Uh, 91, right. 91, yes, aye, late, late 91. That's right. For SummerSlam, was it? SummerSlam 91, yeah. Yeah. Um, and we'll need to start doing. Um, Royal Rumble watch alongs and stuff uh, but aye he came in then he was away by 93 was he away by then and then he came back in 95 96 he was uh, away by the soft field season yeah he was away he was away just for after the European tour after WrestleMania 8 back to WCW has a scissor fight with Don Anderson in 93 after him and Vader were the masters of the power bomb against uh, Bulldog and Sting, and they had Cheetah and the Midget. Um, 
and then he's back in ninety five into into ninety six. Away yeah, again. He's in like the early in your houses, wasn't he? Yeah, then he's, he's back. Then he's back in mid ninety six to ninety seven, and then you hadn't seen him in WWE. He's been ECW and then WCW nineteen ninety oh one breaks his leg. First time you've seen him on a mainstream wrestling promotion. Eleven years later, you know, if we go back eleven years, is so let's 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 do that. Let's, let's, let's do that. Let's finish quickly. Let's do that. Survivor Series. What would that be? Twenty ten. Yeah. Let's just. This is not premeditated, as you can tell. I'm literally googling it right now. Let's have a quick look. Right, this might be slightly different. Um, so on commentator, on commentator, you have Michael Cole, Jerry Lawler, and Matt Stryker. Um, let's see. So in the first match was Artruth still there. This is Zack Ryder. He's been future endeavoured. Daniel Bryan, who was on WWE TV this year and is now in AEW, um, defeated Ted DiBiase. John Morrison, who was just sacked, defeated Sheamus. Dolph Ziggler defeated Caval. Who's Caval? Was that Loki? Yeah. Uh, Loki. Loki. Uh, Loki. Um, Team Mysterio, Big Show. Um, Chris Masters, Kofi Kingston, MVP and Rey Mysterio. So out of them, Big Show was in WWE and AEW now. Chris Masters has not been seen. Uh, versus Team Del Rio, which is Alberto Del Rio, we mentioned. Cody Rhodes, Drew McIntyre, Jack Swagger and Tyler Reeks. Tyler Reeks has probably had the biggest change there because he is now a woman. Um, apart she from that... Is not a woman. Eh? She is now a woman. Yeah, she, sorry, she is now a woman. Pronouns, pal. Um, <laughs> uh, so, out of that, we've still got a lot of people kicking about TV. Natalia, mentioned it earlier on, defeated Leiko, Michelle McCool and Layla. They've both trying to retire. Kane versus Edge. Kane's been on WWE this year. Edge, of course, has. The Nexus, Heath Slater and Justin Gabriel. Heath Slater still employed by WWE or has he been cut recently? He got cut uh, 2020 and then had a brief yeah, comeback right. for a segment of the Thunderdome with Drew. Right. Uh, David Otunga. David is still employed backstage, isn't he? I believe so. Uh, Husky Harris, who of course was Bray Wyatt, was cut this year. Uh, Michael McGillicuddy, who was Hennig, defeated Santino Morella and Vladimir Kozlov. And in the main event, Randy Orton defeated Wade Barrett. Now, obviously, Barrett, I think he's injured, isn't he? He's like retired through injury. Yeah, he's a commentator. So, the, the main bulk of the 2010 Survivor Series. So that's one of many. Orton, I'm trying to think, Heath Slater's appeared on WWTV, but he's not really a star. So Natalia was in the women's match. Kofi Kingston, MVP, Rey Mysterio, Sheamus, John Morrison, Artruth. A whole, hunk, whole chunk even of that talent is still active or has been active this year. That's 2010. Uh, that's just, uh, and, those, and those who aren't, who do, you, who do you pop for if they come back? Right? Nobody. Yeah. Absolutely not. Oh, do you, do you see here's David Otunga? Woohoo! David, uh, Ted, Ted DiBiase? No. Um, Caval, you'd be going who? Um, Chris Masters, likewise. Alberto Del Rio, highly unlikely. Cody Rhodes. 
<laughs> in his dreams. <laughs> in his dreams that him and Brandy walked out of WrestleMania and the crowd goes banana. Um, Jack Swagger, no. Um, even the, the supporting cast of Nexus. You see Michael McGillicuddy, you've got a third generation star and you give him a name like that. Yeah, you well, know? And they're making the same mistake. That's exactly the way to say it. They're making exactly the same mistake 11 years later with Steiner's son. He's a Steiner. Crikey. Swallow your pipe. That name's blacklisted or anything. People remember the Steiners. They know who they are. Hey, bring, bring the uncle out with them and watch the mm-hmm. pop. You know? Yeah. Look, Scott Steiner would probably get a pop. Depends on what way you, you, you brought him out. But he would get a pop, I think. 2000, 2002 Survivor Series. Scotty Steiner would probably still get that same pop. I don't know. Have you asked him to see the WWE for 18 years? And you're talking about a 56, 57 year old man. <laughs> It's, I say it's just right. Let's let's do this one more quickly. Right, 2011, uh, dark match. Santino Marella defeated Jinder Mahal. Jinder Mahal's been WWE champion. He's been on TV this year. Santino's injured. Dolph Ziggler defeats John Morrison. He's both been on WWE TV. John Morrison was recently uh, recently released after his Super Soaker drip drip appearance at SummerSlam. Beth Phoenix defeated E. Torres, best commentator now, fair enough. Cody Rhodes, Dolph Ziggler, Kuniko, Jack Swagger and Wade Barrett defeated Kofi Kingston, Mason Ryan, Randy Orton, Sheamus and Sin Cara. Again, some of these names, if if I'd announced that match took place last week in SmackDown, there's not a lot of difference there. Big Show defeated Mark Henry, both now in AEW. CM Punk defeated Alberto Del Rio. Uh, was that the one he brought out Howard Finkel to announce it, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, um, and then John Cena and The Rock defeated The Miz and R-Truth. Again, if Eve Torres makes an appearance tomorrow, are you going to pop? If Sin Cara comes back, Mason and Ryan, they just don't have these people now because they've relied on the same people that have relu- went back to the well far too many times. And this is it now catching up with WWE. This well, is... Big, big Show and Big Show and um, Mark Henry were embarrassed on the January Fourth Legends Night <laughs> um, special with uh, by Randy Orton, you know. And was that, was that when they wore a gas mask? No, or was that a different time when they wore a, a no night vision goggles? Night vision goggles and Christian beat up Christian, and I think that was just beforehand. And then we had that ambulance match, and then they had the other seg- segments, but. It's the same as well with the, the legends or reunion specials. It's the same faces all the time. Uh, Ron Simmons. Hmm? Ron Simmons. Yeah. He always just seems to come out. And as I say, it's. I, I don't know how you get out of this. Um, this sort of cycle they're in. I, I don't know how you fix it. But personally, I don't think. Golden Egg Hunt movie tie-ins. Earlier in the year, they were advertising Batista's zombie movie. Remember, it was a, was a zombie match or something. And I mean, 
I go back to when I was a kid, right? The thing that got me into wrestling was it, it was presented as a sport. It had rules and it had good guys versus bad guys. And it was a pretty basic formula. You could turn mm-hmm. it on and you could understand within 10 minutes what was happening. If you sat down with your mum or your granny, your sister or your cousin, you could tell them and they could understand what was happening, why he was doing that, what he was doing. You could tell them about the characters of how he, this guy was a high flyer, how this guy was a power guy. Now, what, why, why is this old man chasing a golden egg? Am I watching DuckTales or am I watching what's meant to be a wrestling show? I say, well, we're just so far away and why does, I'm on record. Why does every segment have somebody interrupting it coming out with a microphone in their hand? <laughs> like, yeah. you know, it's, it's like you're suffering now from you're watching a choreographed product that's over choreographed. You know, you go back yeah. to the 97, 98 Raw is War slash War Zone. It's a black curtain with a Titantron and everything just felt gritty and unpredictable. And, you know, you didn't need Austin coming out in a beer truck and a Zamboni every week. But at least when something was interrupted, it was different. Mm-hmm. Whereas now someone's in the ring. They're speaking. Oh, Music's going to hit, out they come, microphone in hand, you know? I mean, how often does someone come to a crowd and just wallop from the back of the heap? Or, you know, it's contract saying, well, there's a table there. It's, uh, you know, wonder who... See, if, I, if I'd never seen anyone go through a table again, it would be too soon. Hey, first times it was done, in the old Diesel Heart Survivor Season 95... It, it was shocking. Yep. You know, Diesel Michaels, I think, did it in Good Friends, Better Enemies. It's different. Yeah. It's 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 like the it's like, it's like the whole argument of the DDT. You know, the DDT became just another move. Likewise, the table sport just became another sport, and the plancha became another sport, and it's broken out every week on television. And honest to God, eight people standing waiting to catch someone diving off the top. Mm-hmm. I tell you, the table spot does it for me. Um, nobody really cares anymore. And why would they have so many blooming Singapore king, uh, canes under a ring? Yeah. You, know, you could almost forgive having a sledgehammer. It may be a practical tool used to build a ring. <laughs> I think it's sort of weapons go, like chairs, you can understand, right? Fine. Um, what are other signature weapons? I think. Um, off the top of my head. Canes. There was a reason why ECW started using them, because it was topical in the news. I think it was, a it was because of the, the American teenager in Singapore got yeah. for vandalising cars. Yeah, so it was topical. And then I think, was it Sandman that used to come out with it every match? Yeah. So, so again, there's some sort of logic the ring bell. behind that. The yeah, ring, the ring bell. bell. It's there already. Bret Hart yeah. against Piper. Um, Bret Hart against Austin as well. He used it as yeah. well, didn't he? Or even in 98, the wrench from the ring bell came using it on Vader. Yeah. Um, again, 
makes sense. Very simple to. But right. Anyway, we'll, we'll get into old man's shouting at Cloud's territory. Um, we will come back. We will do our pet peeves in wrestling. If you want to use a, an American term, since we are discussing American wrestling. Um, any last thoughts on this Survivor Series? I'm not even going to ask you to get a rating. There's, there's no point in me rating it. We it's... broke down AEW, went through match by match. We we talked about what matches were looking forward to going into it. We, what matches surprised us a couple of weeks ago. That's that, I'm not even going to ask you because... It... You, can't, you can't even see it. You, with the exception of who's going hunting for an egg, you don't know what's happening you know, 24 hours later. It's almost as if they're waiting for a, you know, bleach blonde hair, balding, Fu Man, Chu Man to turn up and say that doesn't work for me, bro. Well, at least Hogan would, to be fair. Hmm? At least Hogan would say, that doesn't work for me. Well, um, if, we use, if we use a football analogy, they used to say that, you know, Arsene Wenger at Arsenal had... Yes, men as his assistant, whereas Alex Ferguson at Manchester United fear really changed him and was always challenged. And who's saying this is effing stupid? Nobody. Not thinking. No? Nobody. That is the problem. Well, apart from, sorry, some people are. And it's the people that you and me used to watch that well, are now Mick, they're driving Mick, away. Mick Foley did, but his son's part of the writing team. I mean, I, I personally, I don't think you should need a writing team to write wrestling. I think it should be a case of you have a booker, and if you want to have a booker for each brand, that's fine, and maybe two or three people to oversee. And as Jim Cornette says, somebody that reads it to see if this shit makes sense. Wrestling yeah. is not hard to write. It's <laughs> not really. We don't to need honest, all the bells and whistles. Two years ago, when they brought back yeah, when they were going to have Heyman heading up one and Bischoff heading up the other, you're thinking, this could actually be promising. You know, you've got, in effect, two department managers, or two ops managers, that will run that operation, report up to your executive management creatively and say, this is what we're doing. Happy with it. doesn't compromise anything from a ethics, standards, uh, marketing point of view. No, that works for me, brother. On you go. <laughs> and instead, you're just saying, who actually thought that was a good idea? Um, right, let's wrap this one up. We will come back. Um, we'll do something Royal Rumble related. We've still got our year-end awards to be done. I can't see there being many WWE moments, best matches, good stuff, because I think this is probably up there with 1995 as the the worst WWE years on record, but all I really need to do is thank you, Craig, for joining me and spending the best part of an hour laying into WWE, because <laughs> it, it, it deserves it, quite frankly. Um, they've not moved with the times, they're not adapting, and they might have a lot of money rolling in, but as we've seen with WCW back in the day, mate, it, it can quite soon stop. But I mean, this, thank you. This is also yeah. the last pay per view of the year. It's the first time since 1994 there hasn't been a December pay per view. 
I personally think that's something probably to celebrate. It is. Like they put some more, much more effort into the the Saudi pay per view than than one of their big four. Um, perhaps tells you that their priorities are all wrong right now. Yeah. Anyway, the next time we chat about wrestling for an hour, let's do it whilst watching Royal Rumble 1992. Right, we'll do that. Right, well, next time we'll do we'll try and get Zander, we'll try and get Sai, we'll get together, and we will do a watch along of the Rumble match. We can discuss our thoughts on the. The competitors, the outcome, the booking, where it was going, where it should have gone, what we would have done different, if anything, and uh, yeah, we'll have a, a good time and talking about when wrestling was, was good, but again, that's me back to being an old man shouting at clouds. Uh, thank you for everyone for listening. Um, if you want to hear something, if you prefer another Royal Rumble to be a watch along, give it a shout on Twitter. We'll put the, the handle in the, in the description and we will talk to you again very, very soon. From Quite the Thing Media. Whoa.